Welcome back to Film Fight Club and our last podcast of the year. This is Glenn Falconstein from Falcon Screen and Sydney filmmaker Chris Evans. Now you can hear our The Rise of Skywalker spoiler-free review and our Jumanji review on separate podcasts up now on iTunes, Spotify. They are... Oh, it's been a big day. It's been a big day of Cats and Star Wars and Jumanji and films and we're ready to talk about Cats. We're finally ready. I guess so. Are we ready to talk about cats? Well, let's see. It's been one of the most anticipated, debated, uh, one of the film- most mocked films of the year, I would say. Yes, the the retroactive embargo, which is why we did not discuss it on our Wednesday night show, has been lifted as of eleven a.m. Well, on Thursday. We announced that we'd be covering cats, but in the email inviting us, they forgot to mention that there was actually a worldwide embargo until eleven a.m. Thursday our time. So. So here's our review. Cats. Which is again airing on Christmas Day. Yeah. And it is the new Tom Hooper film. Yes. Uh, Tom Hooper, I guess it kind of shows that some people just have the gift to fail upwards. <laughs> and Tom Hooper is certainly one of those people. We've seen him adapt a good musical, Les Mis, very badly, and now he's adapted a bad musical. We saw him in... Two- very well. <laughs> no, no, I wish. I wish. I went in I mean- with... I'm not a fan. I'm far from a fan of the musical. I do think it's the most overrated musical of all time. But I went in without expectations. I went in wanting to like it as I would any film. And yeah. Me too. Okay. Um, I realize now we usually open our reviews with a discussion of the plot, but this is unusually difficult for Cats. Cats doesn't really have a plot. It's based on the poetry of T.S. Eliot, T.S. Eliot's book of Practical Cats, and follows Victoria, played by newcomer Francesca Haywood, the prima ballerina, for, principal ballerina, excuse me, for the London Royal Ballet, as she, a newly stray cat, encounters any number of other cats. Mr. Mistopheles, Rum Tum Tugger, McCavity, or all the jailable cats played by... Among others, Idris Elba, Judy Dench, Ian McKellen, Ray Winston, James Corden, Rebel Wilson, Taylor Swift, uh, Jason Derulo. There's quite an extensive past here. And there's also in addition to Francesca Hayward, there are a few professional ballet dancers and dancers. Yeah. And it is directed by Tom Hooper. And importantly... Written is- by Tom Hooper. First film yeah. of his career. Yes. And l- unlike the stage musical, the Angela Robo stage musical, which has makeup and costumes... While there may have very well have been some of that deployed, the self-labeled digital fur technology is in use here, which looks, as Chris alluded to earlier in the year, like a bad deep fake for the, the yeah, better part the, of the film. The faces are just kind of strangely floating on the bodies. Like, it, it just doesn't quite fit right. I think it's because human facial features just don't really gel that well with this vaguely cat-shaped head. They're like they, there's, It's a strange middle ground where they don't really have cat noses. Okay. No, or cat. The, the hands are all inconsistent. Uh, some have, I think some don't. I just the tail. The tails are all there. I just found this film really uncanny to watch because um I I was over the weirdness and all the jokes and the memes about haha the cats look bizarre from the trailer, but I felt it all over again watching this film because in the context of longer scenes that are actually meant to have some kind of dramatic flow to them, the way that they look is just as weird as it ever has been all over again because okay the the uncanny effect i'm talking about is where something is just so absurd um but the film isn't aware of it you know it's it's like like the, the feeling i was describing earlier this year when we spoke about the bad lieutenant port of call new orleans except i think that was in on the joke and ironic whereas this is just like 
you're witnessing such bad taste in the decisions on screen. And they were def- Tom Hooper was definitely very confident with his absurd vision here. I think there's what, three points to that. I think there's one actor who is recognizing the absolute absurdity of this, and this is Ian McKellen, who steals the show in a hilarious he, scene he, where he's just licking milk from a saucer. He was just, it was so stupid. I, he, I think he knew how dumb it was. There isn't the, a large problem with this film is that there isn't any sustained dramatic tension. The story, the lack thereof, doesn't permit sustained dramatic tension because there is no dramatic arc. But more to the point of the Uncanny Valley, it's fascinating to compare this to The Lion King, the new animated version of Disney released earlier this year. This is heavily criticized, bias included, for going to Uncanny Valley territory where the bodies of the lions, in this case felines too, looked real, but the faces could in the moat. Tom Hooper has gone in the complete opposite direction. Fully and human, put faces. human faces on cats' bodies. There is a middle ground. We've seen it pure animation, including Disney and the original Lion King, among many others, managed this to great effect over many decades. I'm okay with trying something new. I'm okay with them going in another direction. I appreciate the technology to be perfected has to be trialed. That's fine. The problem I have here is that this massively inconsistent approach, we heard that Tom Hooper was editing this up until the day of the release. I mean, to be that that, that happens with that a happens lot of people. That's true. But there is such an inconsistent approach to how the faces are rendered. Um, it's very distinct with um, the actress we didn't mention, um, American Idol, I'm sorry, uh, Jessica Hudson, Jennifer, Jennifer, Jennifer Hudson, Hudson, Hudson. Uh, who did Memory. Uh, there well, are her, her face yeah. in the original trailer looked the worst out of all of them. I think it's the, they have improved. So, As Tom Hooper has said, and I quote, "They've come a long way since the original trailer." In fairness, no, it still in, has in the respects. I think it still has the same uncanny effect. It's just the certain faces have just been fixed. Maybe they've responded to the criticism, but the just the concept for the designs, the way that, that it's basically a human body except it's got a tail they've got cat ears and fur and and human faces and sometimes they they prowl around on four legs and sometimes they walk around on two legs it's just as soon as the film started i was just thinking what the hell am i watching just like seeing all these the that cat's overture that we opened the segment with while these strange hybrid cat human things crawl around it's actually really creepy it's really disturbing it's really disturbing and and yeah, I the whole the movie just never left that point of weirdness for me. Like every now and again I had this kind of like disassociation from the narrative feeling where as like I said, the experience of watching these strange cat people emote and carry this sort of story is just so weird that I would keep keep getting taken out of the scenes and think like what were they thinking? I, how did how did this get okayed? And, and I don't know. It, it looks really expensive, but even putting aside the horror of these designs, it looks really fake. It looks fake. It looks it looks, it looks bad. plastic. It looks um, the, you know, the, there's the CG just kind of isn't perfect. There's a, a kind of lack of fluidity. Like it's hard to put it down. The just do you know the way that bad CG, just the motion of it just some, kind of, like looks kind of weird. But, like but, the flow, the the level of weight. This is all motion captured. Obviously, the, these are pretty much the, mo- the but movements. It's, more, it's much more than that. But it comes it, down it, here. It looks plasticine. They don't really look like they're integrated into their environment and they move weirdly. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it gives a fake impression. I, th- I think what it is and what really lends to it 
is the, the lack of quality in the direction and choreography. Now, you look at Francesca Haywood, who's a professional ballerina and is very, actually my favorite performer in this, where she and a few of the other professionals, and, and, to, and to, in fairness, some of the professional actors, are moving like in the stage show as cats do, whereas some of the other performers are moving like humans, just flailing about. Yeah. And, and it is more, it makes it more of distracting when you're supposed to be believing that you are only watching cat people um, on the matter of the choreography and direction chris referred earlier to the overture for all its faults and i'm not a fan of a musical that is repetitive and droning and doesn't really have a plot and has annoying um a number of annoying numbers there's a few redeeming ones i don't mind elements of memory rum tum tug is kind of catchy the overture is interesting with the overture the overture is my favorite musical piece in the whole musical because it has that great clash of symbols which we played as we introduced to the show I was waiting for this a couple of times in the musical. At the very beginning, there's a scene where they play the overture as we're introduced to Victoria, the Francesca Haywood character. But as in Les Mis, the, there's a disconnect between the levels that the music is going, or the symph- what would be the symphony in the pit, and the dialogue. Most stage productions get this pretty on pat, or on a pub. Uh, however, they're not working at the correct levels here. So you can't often hear the music, which is one of the more redeeming aspects of this production because some of the dialogue or some of the sound effects too loud. And there's an inconsistent approach to this too. Sometimes it's the music, which is swelling to greatly, but not at the moments where the music is supposed to swell or where you want to necessarily draw attention to the music. A lot of Cats is very subtle and subdued, but these are the moments where Tom Hooper conversely dials it up. And it's weird. Um, it's someone, it, it's strange. Like Lame is was not a good adaptation. And you see uh, the uh, the very um, highly divisive rendering of I Dreamed a Dream. I'm not a fan of it because it was very muted. It's not a muted song. And you can see that same sort of approach to memory here, which is the ballad of this. So I don't think Tom Hooper is someone who's necessarily well-equipped to deal with musicals. And now he's been given arguably the most Successful. famous musical, or musical of all time. Yeah. Um, the, it's a musical that I think probably should have stayed on stage or just been made as an animated film. I'm not a fan of the musical, but I would have watched an animated film with Cats. In the 90s, Steven Spielberg was going to produce a version with the team from Balto making it and the cats looked like actual cats. Balto, yeah. I think really? that would have been great. I think that would, I like, think you can see concept been. art. The, the idea was that it's actual cats. But um, <laughs> yeah. Look, yeah, yeah, but but this, um, as Glenn has said, there's really no plot. It, um, I found that it is kind of boring at at a certain point because it's just veering from you know song to song with the smallest of um, thre- thread you know plot threads running through it. But there were times that I was interested in it just because the whole thing's so goddamn weird. Yeah, like um, th- for all the faults, and there are many. Tom Hooper's definitely trying to entertain you here and go all out with a musical spectacular that's like nothing anyone's ever seen. And there are moments where, as like you said, with Ian McKellen licking, licking his paws and saying, meow, 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 <laughs> things like that. Growling. Just Ian McKellen growling stole the whole show. Exactly. Or the um, there's a great, uh, great number with Rebel Wilson running around doing comedy and so I'm, I'm calling it a great number I somewhat ironically was not, she was not especially good and also that was the sequence where they introduced the non-cat well, that's what I was Did getting you, to yeah, that's the reason why I call this actually a quote-unquote great number because it just assaulted me with horrors that I was <laughs> yes, there were non-cat 
animated yeah, humans. It like, was very weird. That's probably the most disconcerting element of it. Yeah. L- look, the the thing about this film is the the thing about this film is that there's definitely going to be ironic enjoyment in it because it's just so weird. But there's some, and it's just, that's ironic enjoyment. Not enough for two hours, for bit, but not enough for two hours. That's why it um, gets boring. You referred earlier to the uh, stage aspect of it, how there's all these different segments. This co- cats more generally could have worked like a variety or vaudeville show, but I think it has much bigger aspirations and is even self-aggrandizing. And I would have been fine with a Muppetesque, you know, cats running about the stage here and there, but that's not what this is. Um, I, I. From I agree you on the horror of the that particular sequence. I it could didn't have been you, interesting, but it but just, didn't you just find but, it kind of funny? Like what? But the animals were just so poorly rendered. That was the most distracting part. They the looked really bad. It looked really bad. So I, I could have enjoyed it if there had been a little more effort put the, into, it, or if they had if they had been able to manage it more. I think just aesthetically, the film kind of just looks bad. The, all these dark blues and yellows, but it. it which they take from the stage musical, in fairness. But it works. It, but, that but sort of this, lighting can work better in a stage environment. Which will this has a bit of a, a more intense kind of um, neonish glow than the stage production, though. Like the stage production is much darker, I think. Yeah. On, Th- this kind of really looks like it, kind of like Avatar. <laughs> oh, God. O- on the matter unfair? of. Unfair? A, a little bit. Not unfair. I'm not a fan <laughs> of Avatar. Avatar is better than this. Oh, um, well, of course. On the matter of the stage production. Angela Webber wasn't the first person to do this, but one of the reasons it is so popular is that he gen- more generally popularized the idea of an immersive stage experience because the cats, you know, the whole stage is used more than our traditional productions. And still, cats leave about the stage, come through the aisles. If anyone's been to the Lion King musical, it ta- draws a lot from that sort of tradition. So there is an appeal to watching cats on stage. That can't be here because we're just watching a screen. So, that, But there is an appeal, nonetheless, to seeing cats and people jump and leave about the stage. But the problem is... We can't see it. And because it's the same direction he used in the King's Speech and he used in um, Les Mis. There's not a lot. Either there's too much headspace between characters or there's not enough headspace. Um, additionally, there are very quick cuts. I watched the first 10 minutes of well, the first half of Six Underground a little while ago. This sort of editing style works with Michael Bay films where it's very action orientated. But in these sorts of circumstances, I'm a fan of ballet. I'm a fan of dance. I would just like to sit back and watch some dances. And there are very few opportunities we actually get to do so. I agree, but Compared to, for example, musicals directed by Rob Marshall, and definitely compared to Les Mis, I thought this film actually gave a fair bit of headroom and space to watch the the people dance. Like, it could have been much worse. Les Mis, half of it was shot, like, a few centimeters from someone's nose, whereas this, you know, at times did pull back to give us wider views of the dance. But I agree. It's not a Bugsy Berkeley musical. No, there were bits where like heads and or feet were cut off. There are bits where characters are shepherded in the corner of the frame. The only sequence to this effect I really liked was the Jellicle Ball. Now, this isn't the entirety of the Jellicle Ball, but there were maybe 10 shots, 12 shots that lasted longer than five or seven seconds, which were a little bit drawn back and were cleaner, or I could just watch Haywood and the other dancers dance. And you know what? I like ballet. I grew up watching ballet with the first performances I ever went to, and I thoroughly enjoyed those moments. And it's with Cat's productions I've seen, I'll be fair, not the musical stage but I've seen videoed National Theatre Live type productions. I've enjoyed those moments. And certainly that's what fans of the musical will come to see here. But they won't get that because there's too many fast cuts, too choppy changey. It's like we have to have a camera here and a camera here and a camera here. It was Hooperstar and other films, but it's it's even more pronounced here. It's distracting and sometimes it's just imperceptible. Hmm. And that bothered me. I, w- I, I wish it just made it a bit cleaner film. I think it's a lost art. 
And I yeah, I agree. Tom Hooper in general has shown pretty poor choices all throughout his career in where he places the camera. There's just yeah, there's just there's not much momentum to this narratively, obviously, but there also isn't mo- just the momentum of it as a, a showpiece. You know, the momentum like good camera placement and good choreography around the camera and vice versa has its own kind of entertainment value and momentum. And I think the only thing that gives this film any kind of pull is the weirdness and the what are they going to think of next aspect to it and the fact that it's so full-on intense um, in trying to please the audience. But that grows pretty boring quickly. Um, I'd like to... One thing that does and can redeem this film are the performers. I referred to some of the ones I didn't like earlier. I don't think James Corden is really especially good in this um, or in some of his other musical productions. I liked Elba and Elba and McKellen just for being overly charming. Judy Dench and all the others, they were serviceable, they were fine. I think I think the actors actually give good performances. I think Judy Dench was good. I think um I, I thought even Taylor Swift was good. Even Taylor Swift, oh, yeah. In fairness, yeah. She, she is, yeah. look, she, this is her first film in five and a half years. She's not a great actress. She wasn't good at Valentine's Was it Valentine's Day yeah. to give her? Uh, her and Francesca Hayward are actually my two favorite performers in here, and I'll say why. They were operating at a much more theatrical, over-the-top register. If anyone saw The King earlier in the year, Joel Edgerton is operating a similar register where everyone else is very muted. However, conversely, it works here because it's such, as Chris has alluded, such an over-the-top bombastic affair. Taylor did it like she was doing um, any of her last four tours all the way back to Speak Now. If you watch here video comes clips, the Taylor like, fan. I am a big Taylor fan. I was excited to see her in this. And I, I think my favorite Taylor video clip is Blank Space. And it's that sort of thing. It's hyper-exaggerated, over-the-top. She's doing the same sort of thing here. She did not You Belong With Me, did it in Out of the Woods. And she's good here. She's treating it like one of the stage shows I've been to. Um, Francesca Hayward, too. She's just she's not a traditional uh, film actress, but she's uh, again hyper exaggerated, using big expressions. Which in a lot of films we talked, I think, offline about the producers. 2005 adaptation last week and how it didn't work when it was terrible because Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick looked like they were trying to reach the back halls. It was directed by the person who directed the Broadway production and she tried to carry over just everything exactly as it worked on Broadway by the looks of it. But but, but it did not work. It didn't, but that's because it's more traditional settings. But Cats, it does work and Hayward knew that. I think McKellen knew that too. Uh, All the others are operating at a more regular film and it just doesn't work. It's... It's hard to even... I, I've been struggling for things to say about this film because I do not really know how to begin analyzing it. It's it's so weird, you know. Like it, as I, I've said before, it is going to have a life just for people who I guess want to get high and watch some total nonsense. Yeah, there, there, there's an audience. Definitely. Even, even then, there are better films you could watch. Cats, though, like. I, oh, God. Look, honestly, look, it's a 110 minute film. There's it's about, way too long. There's about eight watchable minutes. And the thing, the thing is, the sad thing is, this is the point we're supposed to say, who is this film for? It's for, pe- for people who don't like the musical, it's not for you, steer clear. For people who do like the musical, it actually detracts a lot from what does make the musical good. Mm. So if, if you're a hardcore fan, you may enjoy it. But if you're a casual fan of Cats, I think you're actually going to be disappointed in major respects. Is how I don't I- think a general audience is going to respond to this because I think the, the way that it's just weirdness with no story... I don't think that has much appeal to people outside of theater nerds who and the subset of theater nerds who actually like cats. And that's a small That's right. Small it's, proportion. it's it's a it's a running joke these days more yeah. than something that people actually enjoy, I think. I, I was look, the, the thing is, as an audience, I was fascinated by this. Even if I was a Taylor fan, I would go 
and see it because it's been talked about so much. And look, it doesn't live up to the hype in near any respect. I think it, the hype was just entirely people who wanted to hate watch it and talk about how horrific it is. So it, it, I think it definitely lives up to the hype. Uh, which might be more enjoyable if it was like 80 minutes instead of 110. So that is Cats. It is in cinemas come Boxing Day. And that is our... So check out our, our podcast on iTunes and Spotify. And we'll be back in the new year with our Star Wars Rise of Skywalker spoilers discussion. Our non-spoilers discussion is up there now. We'll be talking about Little Women. We'll talk about Sorry We Missed You. Um, maybe more words on Portrait of a Lady on Fire. And our best of 2019 which and the decade, which we're saving for you know the end, actually, once 2019 is concluded. That's right. We, we uh, are always lazy procrastinators. And so it continues. Have happy Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy whatever you celebrate, honestly. Happy life. Happy holidays. Enjoy Happy life. holidays. Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy. Have the most wonderful, wonderful yeah. New Year. Just All the best th- from us at Film Fight Club. Yes. Enjoy movies. Enjoy love. Enjoy life. Good night. Bye.